Well, hello everybody, and welcome back to the Flash Podcast. This is your podcast that is dedica- dedicated to the upcoming CW show, The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Doctor Barry Allen slash The Flash. Brought to you by the Craze of Arrow, who's doing it as a spin-off show for the CW. And I'm your host, Andy Bebout, as always. If you're new to, to this podcast, welcome. If you're an old listener, welcome back. And with me this week is, uh, is a special guest. He's uh, a good friend of mine that, just, that I made through the magic of Twitter. And he uh, he's a writer for TheMotleyFool.com. And he's Mr. Tim Byers. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Andy. It's really good to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you on. We've been talking for you know almost... What is it? Two, three months to have you on, and now yeah. you know, we've finally been able to schedule it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're gonna do a character spotlight this week, and we're gonna do it on a certain gorilla who does not fund bananas that much, but he is fond of brains. And yeah, guys, just remember as a disclaimer, as always, we will go into some spoilers in certain storylines because hey, they came out years ago. But, yep. but we will try to keep ourselves limited so that if you want, you can go pick up these books and read them yourself because there's some good stuff out there. And actually, I'm going to let Tim do most of the talking because like you get most of you guys out there, I'm not familiar with Gorilla Grodd that much because I've only read him in some of the new 52 stuff and I haven't reached that far yet. So, Tim, who is Gorilla Grodd? Okay, so let's go back to the original Gorilla Grodd, which is, you know... Um, you guys might remember that, you know, the original Flash, Jay Garrick, uh, you know, we, we introduce Barry Allen in, in Showcase after that, that long run of the Flash and the Flash comics. And then after Showcase comes Flash 105. That is the continuation of those, you know, the first appearances of Barry Allen in Showcase. And so the Flash 105 and then 106, that very next issue is a dual issue that has Gorilla Grodd, and the Pied Piper, um, and and Gorilla Grodd, at least as he's first introduced, is essentially he's a he's a fairly simple ape. But before it's retconned, a you know a meteor, the same meteor that gave Hector Hammond his his powers, a radioactive meteor, uh, you know, gives it hyper intelligence to you know uh, Grodd and and Solovar, you know, who are these uh, gorillas who are living in Gorilla City. This you know, hidden city in, in Africa. And as they, you know, become hyper-intelligent and aware, uh, Grodd is the, uh, he's the, the megalomaniac of, of this bunch. And Solovar, so these two, Grodd and Solovar, are kind of like polar opposites in, in the original. So it's like a three-part part story. But the Flash in, encounters, encounters Grodd, uh, you know, this in this, you know, hyper fast air aircraft uh you know it's it's a real mystery and in fact the stage actor who is giving a it's a it's a funny device but he's giving this performance of a show that stars a gorilla and he thinks because there's been this gorilla sighted around central city that he has somehow been brainwashed or he's responsible for these crimes that are being perpetrated by a gorilla out in central city so it's like it's kind of a funny device but the Flash in, investigates this and ultimately discovers that, you know, there is this hyper-intelligent gorilla, Grodd. Um, you don't get to meet Solovar until later. Grodd is actually in Central City searching for, for Solovar because he believes that Solovar has the secret to mind control. And so we go through the book and find that, you know, he ultimately finds Solovar who had been captured all of like 15 years earlier 
he's like he had you know traveled and and miss you know mistimed his entry in, into Central City, and uh, so Grodd and Solovar meet for the first time. Solovar pretends to be a dumb gorilla. Grodd figures him out and steals his mind control powers and goes back to Central City. Well, then Solovar breaks out and he knows he has you know sensed because he's hyper intelligent the way that that Grodd is that that Barry is out there and he reaches out directly to Barry Allen and together they travel back to Gorilla City where Grodd with you know these mind control powers he has uh, inherited um, has taken command of the city he's brainwashed the the gorillas and he's building an army you know this is Grodd's real first attempt to take over the world and so the Flash and, and Solovar team up the Flash ultimately uh, you know sort of uses his super speed to twirl him at incredible speed knock him out and knocks the not these you know these mind control powers out of him freeze gorilla city and so this is you know that's the the first real appearance of grod and he makes many appearances since and he and he takes a lot of different forms um grod in in a lot of ways at least my read on this and i guess i'm curious to hear your perspective is he's kind of like a walking fit of irony you know grod is uh, he is physically imposing. He's super strong. He's a he's a megalomaniac. So he's kind of like a combination of Lex Luthor and Superman. He's hyper intelligent, but he's also physically imposing. But what makes him the most dangerous and the most dangerous to Barry and the Flash is that he reads minds, and you know, in certain incarnations of him, he controls minds. Uh, he can also project illusions. But so he's he's formidable, you know, for the Flash. Now, in different incarnations throughout the comics, he's at one point he, you know, transforms. He, he changes into a human and his mind powers are greatly amplified at that point because he has a more evolved brain. And then when he transforms back, he loses some of that edge. Uh, there is a, a storyline in which, you know, Grodd is revealed as like he is. He's so savage that he will eat humans, you know, captured humans. He'll eat brains to, you know, uh, amplify his mind powers. First of all, ew. <laughs> uh-huh. That's why I get nervous. That's why sometimes I get nervous when I see people just approaching gorillas or monkeys in general on zoos. And I'm like, I'm yeah. like I know you're not going to turn into Gorilla Grub, but what if, like, he would, what he or she would pull something like, pull something like that on the human being in real life. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, the actual animal. And the, I know I get, yeah, this is, guys, this is how paranoid sometimes comic books makes me. Carry yeah. On. And so, you know, so he's transformed a lot pre, pre, you know, new, new 52. But for the most part, the pre new 52 gorilla grod is, you know, really, he, he sort of teeters between, uh, you know, a physically imposing foe and one that the Flash has a lot of trouble with because of his mind powers. But in, in some cases, he usually triumphs. You know, uh, the Flash usually triumphs because, you know, he has he, he's not only super fast, but he has fast reflexes, a fast mind. And so even Grodd has a hard time projecting illusions. You know, Barry is just sometimes too fast for him. And and that ends and he ends up beating him as as a result of that. The new fifty two grad is, um, you know, this is like the 
I think it's Flash 13 through 17 in the newest series. And it's a four-parter where Grodd leads an invasion of Central City because he craves, in fact, he believes he's entitled to you know, be the, he is King Grodd and he is entitled to be the king of the speed force. And so he's essentially offended by Barry's very presence, his role as the Flash. He comes to Central City to essentially steal the Flash's powers and, uh, you know, rule the world by ruling the speed force. It's a, it's a very different take on Grodd. And so this Grodd, is far less, you know, his his mind powers sort of they they represent his mind powers as a way to amplify his uh, physical attributes. So like he can predict, for example, like Barry's moves. He moves incredibly fast because he has stolen uh, some of the speed force that you know Doctor Elias um, Darwin Elias is stored up. He has these speed force batteries because in the New Fifty Two. The Speed Force has kind of a Star Wars feel to it, don't you think? It's kind of like, a, you know, the Speed Force is this thing that governs time. And because it governs time, it's, care, it, it is a, it's an energy source, but it's also something that has to be carefully dealt with because life can't go on without it. Yeah, I... I can sort of see why you mean what you mean about um, the Star Wars similarities, but yeah, like, I, but what I found interesting with the Speed Force, and guys, just you know, we will do an episode about the Speed Force later this season. But what I could look at the Speed Force in this version compared to, for example, in Flash Rebirth or Flashpoint, is that mm-hmm. it seems that the Flash this new Fifty Two Speed Force it has. Almost like an antagonistical antagonistical role, even though it's not it's not a living thing. It's not you know it can't physically talk, it can't physically move or whatever, but it exists and it causes problems for Barry because in the first volume of um, the Flash in New Fifty Two called uh, Move Forward, um, that's what, you know he's struggling with the speed for it because he's te- tearing up um, the, the time and space in the, right. the fabric and t- the fabric of time and space and so on and uh, i think it's dr elias who tells him that you need to destroy the speed for something like that before it destroys the world right yeah i mean and and dr dr elias says he's sort of this you know he, he's kind of the conscience of of the flash but he's also an antagonist like you just said in the sense that he doesn't believe that the speed force is something that should be manipulated. And so he kind of views the flash as a threat as a result. Um, and then of course, so now there's these speed force batteries. Grodd has found a way to get a hold of the speed force. He's gotten a taste of it and he want he doesn't just want more. He wants it all. And so this invasion of central city is his attempt to corner the flash and, and steal it from him. And so uh, Barry is hopelessly outnumbered uh, originally, and so the irony is this: all this invasion happens just as the rogues have sort of, you know, betrayed Barry. And so the you know, the pods are coming down, the gorilla pods are coming down, and you have Captain Cold and uh, Heat Wave. Um, oh gosh, Weather Wizard. Uh, Weather Wizard is is there, and so they're all. 
you know, and Barry is there and he's knocked out and like, hey, wake up. We, we need you. Um, it's a funny opening to this this series. But uh, you quickly learn that Barry does not know exactly, you know, what what to expect. And when he ultimately faces off against Karad, um, you know, that first confrontation goes very poorly. Uh, and so they separate and the rogues are left to sort of fight, you know, Grodd's guerrilla army while the Flash and Grodd face off. And it ends with him, uh, you know, that the first round ends with Barry severely injured. Uh, he's, you know, I can't, it, it, I can't tell if he's in a coma or if he's just, you know, recovering. But he is using this, you know, the, the nature of his link to the speed force is he also has his speed mind that allows him to game out all of the scenarios. And as you're reading on, you figure out that, you know, geez, I mean, there's no way I can win. I have to surrender myself to Grodd, um, which is kind of an interesting scenario. And it leads to the final confrontation where Barry takes Grodd actually into the speed force and they face off in there. And, uh, you know, what Barry has figured out is, uh, you know, as the, the guy who is sort of the gateway, you know, here uh, for, for the speed force on, on Earth, that he can't be beaten there in the speed force. Uh, in fact, you know, he sort of mocks King Grodd as he's the king of the speed force. And he gets a little cocky, but the showdown happens and he leaves Grodd. You know, he he has the only way out. Barry has the only way out. So Iris and, and a few other friends who had been trapped in there... He gets them out, but he leaves Grodd trapped, and that's where it ends. But it's an interesting take on Grodd, I think, because, um, first of all, it combines all of the old megalomaniac aspects of Grodd from those old comics, but it diminishes all of the things that made him you know, more ironic, like his psionic powers, telekinesis, mind control. None of that appears. It's a physical battle between, you know, Barry and, and, and Grodd. And, you know, once they're in the speed force, it becomes no contest. So how it is going to appear in the TV show, if it appears in the TV show, I, I don't know, Andy. But um, there's been a reference. Like, uh, Grodd's appeared in other media, but even in the 90s TV show... When they did a, an episode on Nightshade, there's a reference to Grodd, but he never appears. So if he does show up, like if in the new show, if they get him on screen, it'll be a first. And it will be a challenge as well. And speaking of media, here's another way that he's been sort of in the media, but he hasn't really. But it, it almost happened, which was um, there was an episode of Smallville in season eight called Hex, which was the introduction of Santana. Uh, Satana and um, Brian Q. Miller, who wrote an episode, who's written a few episodes of Arrow, said that originally when Bart and Clark was on this league mission in Keystone City, yeah, uh, they they said uh, it, there was exposi exposition uh, said by one of the characters that uh, they were chasing chasing uh, after a gorilla rampaging o over um, in, all over in Keystone City. So there was a reference to a gorilla, and then also there was a line that, all, that from Oliver Queen where he said that Bart always gets the interesting rogues, you know, a reference <laughs> to the yeah, he, yeah yeah the group rogues as well as you know reference to the fact that this, the Flash has a freaking talking gorilla as one of his main antagonists. Right, right. 
Yeah, and the Flash is interesting. You know, I mean, this is what's so great, and I think it's something we can look forward to in in the show. Is there like two classes of Flash villains, and Karad appears in the latter. The first class is the classic rogues gallery, like we were just talking about: Captain Cold, Weather Wizard, uh, Mirror Master, the Trickster, the Pied Piper. You know, those guys are very street level. They're like the street level rogues gallery. Then you have, you know, the reverse flash. You have Professor Zoom and you have Grodd, who are like otherworldly, very sci-fi, megalomaniacs. They're they're big. They're larger than life. And they challenge. So the two, you know, like the rogues challenge the flash at, at a different level. They, they don't necessarily challenge his speed capabilities always, but they do challenge, they show, they allow him to sort of be not only the Flash, but they allow him to be Barry Allen police scientist. You know, they let Barry, you know, show his smarts too. He's more than just the Flash. Whereas when you've got the reverse Flash and you have Grodd, you really get to see just how powerful, you know, the Flash is as a wielder of the speed force, which is kind of what they show off in this new 52 version of, you know, the Gorilla City invasion, you know, the Flash really has, it shows the range of ways that Barry controls the Speed Force. Yeah, and it's now I kind of want to see a battle uh, where uh, where Flash has to battle both Reverse Flash and Gorilla Grodd. Oh my gosh, that would be, that would just be <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, it would be, it would be crazy. You know, it's something we didn't see in, in Flashpoint, because in Flashpoint, um, Grodd is sort of off conquering Africa while, you know, the Atlanteans and the Amazons destroy the rest of the Earth. And Grodd's sort of waving his arms off in the distance saying, hey, what about me? And, you know, it just never really, he never really materializes as the genuine threat he, he can be in that storyline. But, yeah, there, there there has been a scenario whereby you know, um, Professor Zoom and Grodd could have teamed up and that could have been, uh, you know, and Flashpoint was devastating enough. Oh, my gosh. Mm, you know, a, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's a sad story for sure. And um, But what I wanted, I also wanted to ask you this because, you know, like you say, Gorilla Grodd has a rich history as a villain of DC Universe. And yes. I, I wanted to ask you, what are some of his significant appearances or roles in, you know, some of the famous storylines in the comic books, um, both pre-52 and new-52, if you want to talk about it? Well, I mean, you know, there is, there's a, a an appearance in which, and I'm, I'm going to get, I'm probably going to get the issues wrong here, but Grodd, um, amongst all of the famous storylines, obviously there's the original, but the, the main um, throwdowns are usually with Solovar, and the Flash teaming up with Solovar to conquer, you know, Grodd when he's trying to take over the Earth. That's the consistent theme with Grodd, is he's always going, he, he never just wants to take one thing, he wants to take all of it. And Solovar is always the one that's contacting Barry. Or in the case, you know, of, you know, after Barry was gone, Wally West, the same thing. You know, they, the, you know, Wally has, has had his own tussles with uh, Grodd. And then... He's also, you know, well known as the character that helped uh, cripple Hunter Zolomon, which gives rise to, of course, Zoom. You know, so the new Reverse Flash. 
so there is there there is this rich history, but in in many ways, it's usually these sort of significant turns where Grodd plays a role in changing a character or changing a storyline. So, you know, Grodd is presumed to have killed Solovar at, at, at one point. He turns into a human at another, you know, another point where he trans, transforms and then his psionic powers go just off the charts. But then he's, you know, re-transformed. He helps set up the, the secret society which is kind of, you know, in the in the TV show or in the animated series, you kind of refer to that as sort of a, a proxy for the Legion of Doom. But the secret society is is Grodd. You know, you have, you know, Grodd assembling these series of villains. He's not classically, you know, part of the, the, the Flash rogues, but he helps build this other, you know, secret society, which becomes... In you know like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, he still calls it the the Secret Society, but it's more you know it looks like the old Legion of Doom. Um, so yeah, I mean I think of all of the significant appearances, the one that probably is going to have the greatest impact, at least you know in terms of potential for the TV show, it's where you know he is he's present and you know he causes the events that lead to the downfall of Hunter Zolomon, you know, formerly Barry's best friend, who ultimately goes on to become Zoom. Um, I think that one is, it wouldn't surprise me if that finds its way into the new TV show. Well, that well that remains to be seen when it comes to Hunter Solomon if he ever does show up on the show, because sure. we have because we already have Eddie Fall, and I have, I have yep. talked to a lot of people that are familiar with this character and they they feel that what they've done from what they've read from the casting description and you know seeing this actor and so on Rick Kuznet that uh, they're kind of combined Hunter Solomon and Eddie uh, Eobard Fawn uh, okay. into one character so, Eddie, sort of interesting so but hey it's not it, like it, it, look they, they can always expand on villains like in later seasons but I think that we you know, I, and I'm not not that fam- I'm not that familiar with Hunter Solomon. I'm actually, as we're you know been talking you know been talking for the past no, as we've been talk- discussing you and I about Flash off microphone for the past couple of weeks or months. I've been reading up on Hunter Solomon, but it's um, but uh, yeah, but you know who knows we, it could happen. Uh, anything could happen. But uh, and what I really like about Gorilla Grodd as a villain is that well, I'm gonna say this before I started this podcast years ago when I was you know. When I was interested in the Flash overall, Gorilla Grodd was never one of my top villains. But yep. as I've been reading the Flash and I, as I've been reading old stuff about Gorilla Grodd, no. But what I like about Gorilla Grodd, as I've been doing my own research and so on, is that he doesn't really have any superpowers, which I think is kind of cool to me. Because how do you make a gorilla, a talking gorilla, that is so menacing? And doesn't really have that many, you know, some version he doesn't have, have any powers, some some version he does have a few powers, but yet he's still so brilliant because they, all they really did to make him so powerful was making super smart, basically. Right, right. And it's tough to outrun, you know, hyper-intelligence. I mean, if, and, and Grodd, you bring up a good point. You know, there are other points in the comics where, you know, Gorilla City is incredibly advanced technologically and so Grodd, you know, is a is building weapons and 
building weapons of mass destruction in in some storylines. So yeah, for sure, you know that does make Rod menacing. He, I think he's one where some fans don't know exactly where he fits. Like a good buddy of mine is a huge Flash fan, and it, that's sort of where he comes down on this. It's just you know, Grodd is is interesting. But it always feels to him like, hmm, I don't know what to expect from this guy. And what you just said, I think, is instructive is because that is sort of his legacy in the comics. Um, that makes him particularly interesting for, you know, use in in other media. And let's be clear. I mean, we've had now we've got the technology. I mean, we don't we have some clues that the production quality on the Flash is going to be great. Um I, I think they're making a commitment to to make it great. TV is definitely much different from movies for sure, but you can have great you know production quality television, uh, and I think you know we've got some evidence that you can do uh, apes pretty well. Rise of the Planet of the Apes was a, a good film that did very well. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes looks particularly menacing. It can be done. So I, whether or not. They choose to go that route. I'm not sure if they just choose to refer to Grodd in the background. Frankly, I think it's probably going to be one of those, you know, we're going to get some some nods and winks until they're really decided that that's a character that needs to be fully explored. And they have a built-in device in Star Labs that can be a meta-human, you know, dispensing machine at, at any point. So they really set it up quite nicely, I think. Exactly, and um, and of course, it, I'm what I was say, what I was saying about before uh, about Grodd was I, I'm not neglecting the, the fact that he has the power of tele, you know t- telepathy and like he can right. actually control mind and so on. I get that, but what I find more interesting about this Flash villain is that just because it's just because he's so smart, he can talk that he makes him such a powerful villain because he can make so much. Uh, if you give an animal the ability to speak, just imagine what he can do. You know how what he can do to persuade people to, for example, I, I'm sure that he because he's such a, such a smart person, he can actually persuade people to actually join him for the secret society. Right. Even though I haven't read that many comic books of secret society, I can imagine that was the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is very persuasive. He's got that. You know what we were saying earlier is that he sort of combines. The, the deviousness and the intelligence of Lex Luthor with the brute, I mean, Superman would be incorrect, but maybe like the brute strength and physical, you know, in, as a physical specimen, the imposing nature of like a Solomon Grundy. That makes him uniquely fascinating as, as a character. Um, and so you can write him so many different ways. I mean, the way he appears in, the, the New 52 version is very different than, you know, that's the physical Grodd and the power-hungry Grodd that is harnessing the speed force for, you know, just vast physical capability versus the original Grodd, which is using mind control and his hyperintelligence to unleash a world-conquering plot and it's only with, you know, Solovar and the Flash teaming up that, you know, they're able to stop that. Um, so, you know, mind and body, I mean, Grodd has got both. It makes him pretty formidable. Yeah, 
totally. And um, and I and we guess we you know as we get closer to um, wrapping up, we, you know, we can talk about uh, you know where we've seen Grodd in the media because he's been used in a lot of animation stuff. And I think yeah. you know I I never saw the Super Friends. I'm sorry, guys. I I can't I can't. Um, I can't do anything because I was born in 1993 and the show never aired where I was when I was a kid. So I, I never saw it, but I know he was a central character there as well. Yeah. And, yeah, and well, he was a um, he was an antagonist for sure in, in the Super Friends. And so they introduced uh, the the original Legion of Doom and the Secret Society. You know, and in those instances, Grodd, um, he wasn't necessarily... I mean... Well, I guess he was imbued with some mind control powers, but he wore this goofy helmet <laughs> that, you know, would amplify his mind control and telekinetic uh, powers and, and made him formidable. But it was much more that Grodd was less about, you know, the physically imposing Grodd and much more about the devious, hyper-intelligent, uh, you know, mind uh you know, mind-bending Grodd, although he didn't innately have mind-control powers, he used that helmet. Yeah, and I and I do believe that that helmet does come into play in Justice League, the animated series, as well as Unlimited. I think it does a, a little bit as well. Unlimited, there is this whole storyline in the second season where Luthor has, you know, had been paired with Brainiac unknowingly, but then he'd become addicted to this symbiotic relationship with Brainiac and the Flash. Actually, Wally had, you know, separated the two. He'd stopped this, you know, world-ending cataclysmic threat. It's the it's it's one of the great animated storylines. I loved it, where, you know, um, Wally, you know, takes his control of the speed force to just in incredible levels. And he ends up knocking you know, the Luthor Brainiac combo so far into he, he knocks him backwards. So it, ultimately at a genetic level, he separates them and ends up destroying uh, Brainiac. And so the second season is about Luthor trying to harness, you know, the shreds of what remains of Brainiac and bring him back. And so Grodd establishes the secret society in Justice League Unlimited as this kind of co-op where you know they recognize he sort of convinces everybody that look the justice league is out there if we operate as solo operators we're going to get obliterated so if you want help you know we're here for you for a small fee it is grod as not only you know the the devious genius evil leader uh but also entrepreneur <laughs> it is it's another side of Grodd that we get to see um, that's just, you know, very, very interesting. He does morph a lot from the comics to, to multimedia. The consistent theme, though, is that Grodd is Grodd never thinks small. He always thinks big. Yeah, big, big ideas for a big guy. That's, right. that's how you roll. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah, I remember him best from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, like I said. I never saw, I, I didn't invest so much in Batman the Brave and the Bold where I know that um, John DiMaggio, who, if I said his last name right, uh, voiced the character and I know he had a good number of episodes there, but I never saw them, but did you did you see them? 
I never did see the the Brave and the Bold, um, you know, episodes that that had Grodd in it. Um, that was always a you know a, a tougher show because it came around at a at a time where I just you know I was busy having children. <laughs> so now that my children are are a little older, you know, it's been fun to get back into it uh, a little bit. But yeah, I haven't seen those episodes yet. But my understanding is that theme is still fairly consistent of Grodd as, you know, going after these, you know, pursuing these world changing plots. What will be interesting to see if they get to it in the TV show. Frankly, I think this is just my theory, Andy. And I can't remember if we talked about this before, but since they're using Star Labs in a TV show, I feel like we're going to get at some point just sort of this you know, uh, look at a, an escaped gorilla and they'll, you know, name him Grodd in the aftermath in Central City of the explosion at Star Labs. And so you know that Grodd is out there, but you just don't know what he's capable of. I feel like they're going to tease that because it's an easy tease. And especially the way, you know, the, the destruction in Starling City just unleashed so much in season two of Arrow, feel like that, you know, Star Labs accident in Central City, even as it gives birth to the Flash, we can kind of see that, you know, there are other elements out there. And from the get-go, there's a lot for for Barry to contend with. Yeah, and I think with Gorilla Grodd, I think that, here's the thing, adapting comic book characters now these days is getting... You know, they're trying to explore much more of that. They're they're taking some of the most difficult characters to make you know make them into believable characters in a live action format. Work. They actually managed to do that. But I think that because they're now about to try a Flash TV show again, because sadly the the '90s television show was right. um, you know was canceled after just one season. But like I think that we will, I think we will see Gorilla Grodd, and I think that Jeff Johns is going to have a big role in it. But I, I think do. I don't think it's going to be until season two or season three something like that because I think they need to find, you know, this world of where you know superpowers are actually now existing. And if Arrow and Flash will be connected to the movie universe, it it can actually open up some more possibilities that hey, we could see a talking gorilla coming from a different dimension or whatever from Gorilla City I- and so on. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could get to that point. No, you're right. There's no need to rush it. They do need to establish the the rules of the game of a super powered world. And um, they're starting to do that. You know, they've introduced, you know, the far reaching impact of the Mirakuru and in, in, uh, in Arrow. So, uh, you know, it, it could take an entire season to introduce the notion of the speed force if they even want to do that. I think, oh, the speed force is definitely going to be included. I think it's just, it could be like a season finale reveal that yeah. Barry gets trapped in the speed force and it's the season is all about getting out of it. Yeah, that I mean, that could absolutely happen. And then that could be a very interesting first season that establishes what the rules are heading into, you know, a much more amped up season two. So for sure, I, I, I could absolutely see them going that route. Do you have any last thoughts about uh, any last thing um, trivia for uh, our listeners about Gorilla Grodd that they should know about? Before... Trivia about Gorilla Grodd. Um, God, I I think I already gave away the best one about his connection to Hunter Zolomon. Um, I should have saved that. Damn, I was <laughs> sorry about that. And it's all right. Like if if you have any like small like small um hit points. 
Well, I mean, I think, you know, um, let's see, like a, a, a character thing. Well, I think, you know, um, hmm, let's see, you know, um, I kind of feel like, yeah, I don't know if this is, yeah, I don't know if it's fair or not. Well, I mean, Gorilla City, you know, originally uh, is not, it doesn't start as this great advanced society. Um, it's sort of retconned to that, as I understand it, in the original, you know, as Grodd and Solovar together are, you know, transformed by this radioactive meteor, they're the ones that actually build Gorilla City and introduce all the advanced technology. So it doesn't start that way. It's not, you know, this hidden, hidden city that's always been there, but has to remain hidden because you know they're outnumbered by by the humans it's they're they're transformed and built up and then they uh you know they build it into something that ends up becoming a pretty menacing force in the world of the flash and imagine if what it would look like in live action oh my gosh (laughs) that would be uh, yeah that would be like you know the way they represented Asgard on screen and so in the oh Thor lord, film. oh we that figured would, that high. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing if they could if they could do something like that. But that's kind of how I envision Gorilla City, not paradise, but like so technologically overpowering. And then amongst that are these gorillas. So it's got this built-in you know sense of irony, but it's you know it looks formidable. That's kind of how I envision Gorilla City. Okay, but. Fantastic. And I, guys, I think that's going to wrap up our character spider on Gorilla Grodd. And uh, Tim, thank you so much for being here. It was, um, I'm, I know you're going to come back for a couple more episodes. In, Absolutely. In we have lots of in- in- exciting things for you guys, um, the listeners, of course, to, to stay tuned for. But, um, but t- Tim, where can people find you on the social media and the in- internet in overall? Uh, so I'm uh, Mile High Fool on Twitter. So it's M I L E H I G H F O O L, kind of a tribute to who I write for at the Motley Fool and and where I live. I'm outside the Mile High City in in Denver, Colorado. Uh, please check out Fool.com. It's just F O O L.com, and come check out the business advice and investing advice we have there. We think that you know being a geek a geek is not just cool. It's a way to you know you can leverage that superpower that we all have knowing about these things and and make some real money investing in the businesses that bring us this stuff so i think uh i think every fan has a superpower they should leverage so i hope they'll check out fool.com and 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 learn a little bit more about it absolutely and guys i'm gonna add a link to his website uh, on the flashpockets.com website uh, on the right um, because it's a definitely cool thing to, to watch out for and he's done a lot of interesting articles and as well as YouTube videos about certain superhero superhero aspects with TV shows and movies from the financial perspective and it's kind of cool actually so make sure to check it out and um, and yeah guys you know where you can find the podcast flashpockets.com the official website of the podcast but of course if you are a fan of SoundCloud, you can always head over to soundcloud.com slash the flash podcast. But uh, the flash podcast.com is the main home for the web for the podcast now. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at the flash podcast, as well as like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the flash podcast. We're part of the flash circle on Google plus. And then my good buddy Hank who writes for tvfanatic.com uh, is uh, 
a cool, is, is a cool friend for letting me be part of that circle and posting the podcast episodes there as well. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Stitcher Radio and, the, of course, iTunes. iTunes, iTunes, iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. And and also, if you if you don't mind, you can always leave us a rating and a review so that uh, I can find I can learn what you guys feel about the show, what I can do to what I can do to improve the show if there are any complaints or whatever. And um, yeah, and also it does help the podcast to get more noticeable in on iTunes. The more reviews and ratings the ha- uh, the show has, the more noticeable it gets in the store, iTunes store, so that when new listeners who doesn't even know the Flash Podcast exists, they'll be able to notice it easier when they're going through podcasts and so on. So if you can do that, I would really appreciate that. And if you tweet me and let me know that you have, I will give you a personal thank you. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're you know we're on a roll. We're still doing a lot of Carol spotlights. We're gonna do have some. Uh, we're also gonna have some other Flash coverage in the coming weeks with um, the media stuff as well. But uh, but yeah, another great Carol spotlight, Tim. Once again, thank you so much, and I look forward to thank having you. you back. Absolutely. And- Looking forward to it. You're uh, same here. And until next time, guys, I'm Andrew Buck, and I will see you on the Flash Podcast.